0: Holy cow, it must be early in the morning because that intro theme just made me really nervous. It seemed like extraordinarily loud and fast this morning.
1: It did seem <laughs> a little, it did seem, the tempo seemed a little up,
0: <laughs> didn't it? So frenetic. I'm yeah. like, whoa, wait a second, what the hell's going on? Yeah, maybe it's just because I'm, I feel like I'm still in a fog from being on the road so much. I, I've been able to get to catch up on some sleep, I just don't feel like I'm quite there yet but uh, yeah all of a sudden i'm like i'm like god what the heck jesus is intense yeah.
1: I, I don't know about you man but i think um and i know some of the players have talked about this the heat and we'll get into everything that happened at Air Mill city yeah it was kind of dangerous because I, I didn't have a way to get out of the sun there for about three four hours yeah and that was uh I I got it. That was I was telling some people, I think I told you I got really lightheaded before that first semifinal match and I kind of felt myself start to lean back. And I was like, man, I did I, I quickly ran and found one when, when I ran. I kind of limped over to one of those cool zone fans.
0: That is uh that's ironic that you say that because twice during our what was really almost what a three hour broadcast. Um there were two times to be hundred percent honest with you, I thought I was going down. Yeah, and, and I was like, well, thank God if it happens, I'm here and they can just usher me to the pool and revive me back to life. And Bernie can take over for me because right. the but funny I, thing but is- I, I didn't, I didn't want to complain though, because Trey and I weren't like right in the direct sunlight. However, you were that the hot box uh, in there, yeah. That tent that we were under, I think, was just like collecting the heat because the banner behind us black. is black, as you well know. <laughs> and uh, and so I mean, it got it, it just collected the heat and got super hot in there. And and finally, what saved me was thank god, the um, you know, they had that bar area just to our right, yeah, and the waitresses over there, and, and, a, and a and a and a waiter over there, and they took care of us the whole time, which is great. And I finally looked over it to him at one, at one point and said, can I just get a cup of ice? And what saved me was during one of the breaks burning, I literally dug my hand into this cup of ice and just put the ice on my yeah. head during the, during the three-minute break and literally just let the ice and the cold water kind of run down my my hair and, and yeah. uh, put some on my forehead. And then as soon as we were coming back with about 10 seconds left, I took the remainder of the ice and just put it down my back. And that kind of revived me a little bit, but you're right. It I mean that I was that was legit heat.
1: I put my I put my hat that I was wearing that little floppy hat. I put it in the pool, put it on my head. Oh, good idea. Ten minutes, it was dry.
0: Oh gosh, I believe it.
1: It was crazy. So for those that don't know, like if you're watching and you have Airmail City is in Los Angeles, uh, kind of in the, in the uh, Sherman Oaks Van Nuys area, which is out in the valley. If you've ever been to L.A., you know the beaches are great kind of cool, nice, cool breeze. Perfect. You get in the valley, the way the mountains kind of trap the heat, it gets unbelievably hot in the summertime, but that was unseasonably warm. I mean, we looked down at one point and it was around 110 and there were clouds coming in. So it was humid for that area. So a little bit of humidity and air temperature of 110 and then the sun. Yeah. Yeah, that was... That was a cooker, man. That was an I, absolute my, cooker.
0: My guess, Bernie, is is because you and I are the same age. Um, my guess is I wish we would have had a thermometer down on the turf where the players were playing because as you as you well know, and for a lot of people who are listening, I mean, if you're if you're in your uh, maybe late 30s or or older, you remember that back in the 70s, the thing was that these new ballparks, like like in Cincinnati, right. And yeah. in St. Louis, they had AstroTurf. Yep. And it seemed like a great idea, right? And then the sun started to hit the AstroTurf in the summertime. And literally, some of the players, they would wear those those turf shoes. Remember they had the rubber cleats? Oh, yeah. And literally, the rubber the rubber cleats would get sticky just, just because they were literally starting to break down from the heat on the turf. So yeah. as hot as we were, my guess is, because, yeah, I think it was like 108 when we signed on, yeah. but my guess is it was probably even hotter down on the turf for the... You mean where I was? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
1: that was, uh, it was hot, man. And then it was just, but the players, I felt like, and you could tell what was really cool about it. And then for those that don't know, Tony Smith and Kaylee Hunter ended up winning. They handled it the best. Yeah. I don't think there's any way to like, you know, you look at like, let's let's call out the the biggest moneymaker of the year, Cheyenne Renner did not play well. Yeah. And I just, yeah, uh, she, she,
0: she checked out. She, she's like, I don't want to be part of this. She,
1: she you know, she's, <laughs> she admits she doesn't like playing outside. It's really not her thing. And then to go through that type of being outside and she's from Florida. It's yeah. not like she's from some cold area. Right. But that was, uh, it was brutal.
0: Yeah. I didn't realize until I was talking to some of the players, um, and, and to Cheyenne that, yeah, I mean, she she does not play outside. A lot of the Florida players play outside. But now yeah. because the sport's grown so much, you, I mean, if you don't want to play outside, you you can just play indoor events. And she right. plays mostly indoor events. But, but, hey, on a positive note, uh, let's switch gears real quick. And just sure. a huge shout out to Shamar Moore and David Lim, uh, Odie for coming on the uh, podcast last week. I mean, yep. all the people behind the scenes uh, with SWAT cornhole, but especially to Shamar and David, who basically built and designed Shamar's backyard. And uh, just like Shamar told us on the on the broadcast, and he's been telling us now for months, uh, his philosophy was like Field of Dreams. If you build it, they will come. Right. And that's what he did. He built this mecca cornhole facility in his backyard, called it Airmail City, and knew that people would come. Um, And really, I mean, really, he had the hopes and the dreams of hosting an event just like this. And so, again, for Jade and for those of you maybe who don't follow uh, Cornhole all the time, uh, basically, these last 11 days that we were in Los Angeles uh, pretty much wrapped up the 2021-2022 season. And everything culminated with this Pro Invitational, which is basically Cornhole's version of the All-Star game. So it's the top eight men paired up with the top eight women. And, uh, it's just an all-star game and it's, and it's, uh, it's for fun, but it's also for a hundred thousand dollars and the winner got $40,000. But so Shamara thought, you know, the road to airmail city, he, he really wanted to host this thing and he did. And it was other than the heat. Um, it was a huge, huge success. I thought, yep. you can't, know, he had nature's he had,
1: undefeated Jeff.
0: Yeah. He had open bar. There was water, obviously for all of us, we're all trying to hydrate as best we could again, nothing we can do about the heat, but great facility, and Shamar's energy is just infectious, right? I mean, just his passion for the game. Uh, it was just so cool. And again, like Trey and I talked about in the broadcast, guys like Shamar Moore and David Lim, I mean, Hollywood movie stars with all the money in the world, they can play whatever sport they want. And the fact that they chose Cornhole, Bernie, has got to make it really cool for people like Stacy and you and Trey and everything who had this vision to make the sport rise to another level. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I just thought it was really neat. Yeah,
1: it was a a blast. I mean, and because I'm this kind of person, once we were done, didn't it feel good to, I mean, to be done, right? Like, that's all right, 2022 season's finally, 2021, 2022 season is done, right? We're done. We're done. I mean, really, we're not, because then you come back and you jump into the football tour and all this kind of stuff for college. But uh, just it's a finality that I enjoy. It's like, all right, wow, what an accomplishment that whole season is done.
0: Yeah, and that, for that, sure. That,
1: and that feels to me, that feels good. It's like, all right, wow, look at what we did this season. Look at what all that hard work is, is done this year. And so it's, I, I always like that feeling.
0: Yeah, on the plane ride back, I kind of had that same type of feeling. I was like wow, what what a year and I just started to think back on all the memories from the season, all the places yeah. that we traveled to and I also it was also kind of strange. I had a feeling come over me like like when I finally got home um and and went to bed, my first thought was going back to Dallas and I'm like, wow, all of a sudden it doesn't seem like that long ago that we just made that remember re- that trip from Dallas re- to Phoenix really to Vegas wasn't. to Seattle. I feel like yeah. you and I remember we got to sleep together and <laughs> <laughs> but but literally like like it doesn't seem like that long ago like it in some ways it went by so fast.
1: Yeah. It doesn't like it, it's it's one of those things where it doesn't seem like it was that long ago but yet it seems like it was 3 years ago. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like because it yeah. was only a few months ago. It really wasn't that long ago, but we packed so much into and for those at home that don't know, I mean really start, you know, we have Events that start, you know, that start kind of near Super Bowl with our first kickoff battle, blah, 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 all that stuff. But our season really ramps up towards the end of April through the first weekend in September with nationals, with shootouts, with everything else going on. I mean, we're on the road. I mean, that's that's three, four months of just, you know, if you get a weekend off, you're feeling pretty good about it. Right. And yeah, so it's, sure. yeah, a, it's there, a yeah, there's a
0: couple, there's a couple weekends off, but not many. You're right, not many. And so it's it's a lot
1: of travel. You know, it's funny. I, I was talking to some friends. I, I'm on this text chat with some friends, and you know, they're like, "Man, you've seen all these things," and blah. I was like, "Yeah, not really." Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like we go into this town. Like, you know, we get there. And there's a night before, and then starting early that next morning, there's setup day, right? And then you kind of get mm-hmm. done with setup day. Maybe go have some you know, a late lunch or early dinner and kind of hang out for a night with everybody. And then the tournament starts and then that's going morning through the night. And then you're back the next day and then you close out and then you load out and then you're gone. Yeah. So it's not like we're just running around these towns, you know, like when we were in Seattle, or Everett, Washington. We were about uh, thirty minutes. I never saw Seattle. Never saw it. I
0: drove, I drove past it. I drove past it on the yep. way to the hotel, and drove yep. past it on the way out. It's beautiful. It, it looked awesome yeah. from the interstate.
1: Yeah, gorgeous. Just <laughs> rolling right through on the interstate. That's all I saw. Right. Yeah. And Like so, it's it's hard to explain to people. It's like you know, we're, it's not like we have like a normal work thing where you go in and you have like four hours of you know breakout room sessions and then you're done. I mean these are these are long these are long hours while we're while we're there.
0: Yeah, I feel like the one exception. I had so much fun with you guys when we were out in uh, Phoenix. Yeah, I felt like I felt like we actually had a chance because we stayed out there because we yeah. we went we went out to Fort Worth and back for the first shootout, and then we went out to Phoenix because our second one was in Mesa, and then uh, and then the next the following weekend was going to be in Las Vegas. So we actually got a chance to stay out there, and we actually had a chance to play at TPC Scottsdale. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, we, 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 uh, we, and we got a chance to on that yeah yeah we got a chance to actually play golf I actually got a chance to, to and we drove we drove from phoenix to to las vegas which um i thought was a really cool drive just to see a part of the country i'd never seen before so yeah. you, you wouldn't want to break down out there i get it i see the look on your face more, more <laughs> many places to stop for food or gas might be a little dangerous sometimes but but yeah. i loved it i mean just to see a part of the country i'd never seen before so that trip was nice but but you're right i mean there's so many of them um it's literally just in and out it's it's a whirlwind that, that's why i thought it'd be fun today to kind of transition into our guests i thought it'd be kind of fun to kind of recap the season kind of some highs and some lows and maybe part of our favorite parts of the season maybe some of our not so favorite seasons but uh all right real quick before we get to our guests yeah. um here just just a couple minutes anything for me jeff and birdie today not really
1: however I oh I-, I, was gonna say, <laughs> I hear
0: a little angle
1: I I feel bad, and then I have to tell this story. So we were at Shamar's. Everyone's kind of beaten down if you had to do some work in the sun. If you were just outside in general, everyone was kind of tired and beaten down. And Jeff and I are sitting outside, and we're both kind of looking at each other going, man, I'm kind of tired. Do you want to go? And I was like, yeah. You want me to go ahead and call the Uber? And, And you're like, yes. And so it just turns out the Uber's only three minutes away when I get it. Just like, I got to go say goodbye to some people. I was like, okay. So I get in the Uber, not the nicest Uber driver. I was like, Hey, I've got a friend in there. He's coming with me. Can you just wait a second? And he like slams Way to blame it into the park. Uber
0: driver. No, no, no. He Way to blame slams, the Uber it driver.
1: slams it into park, like not just like puts it in park, <laughs> slams it into park. Doesn't say anything. Finally turns around and says, you have to get out. I'm I'm, I'm ending this ride. And I was like, you know, I was just so tired. So, at that so point, new.
0: at that point, the proper thing would have been to say, okay, well, then you just go on, asshole, because I'm waiting for my friend. I for, know. For, I my, for the guy who I host a podcast with I know, every I week because I, I leave no friend or man behind. But that I, just I, didn't seem to be the case. I, it just Instead, didn't happen. It didn't Instead, happen. I'm like, hey, where'd you go? And you're like, I'm gone, dude.
1: so i was like all right fine i was just so i just like this thing went through my head i was like dude just get back to the hotel and get in the shower that that was all i was like all right just go and it was a quiet it was a very quiet ride (laughs)
0: <laughs> i'm going to i'm going to forgive you because because as kathy tells me all the time everything happens for a reason so it ended up it actually ended up working out perfect because i yeah i went back in said goodbye to david talked to him for a while and shemar talked talk to him for a while it's great to just just to kind of get them one-on-one and talk about the night a little bit and then and then i went outside to catch an uber because i actually was going to go catch up with with uh couple of friends of mine from college one more time before we left turns out they were too busy with with their family stuff i run into jason mccannon and i and i said uh, where are you going he said i'm headed to the airport i'm like what time's your flight and he said it was at you know 10 something and i said you know what he said you want to go and i said i said yeah let's try and do this so we hustled back to the hotel packed made it to the airport and caught the red eye back to charlotte so
1: wow yeah see another thing good here's another thing I, i'm not necessary at that point at that party well you know, you know what i mean like i'm not i'm not needed like no one i you're promise right. you yeah, you're, you're
0: I, right you, you weren't needed
1: i wasn't needed <laughs> I, no no one missed me you know what i mean like no one turned around and said hey where's bernie like that never happened so uh, you know I, i'm not needed anymore and i felt like i was about to pass out so
0: Yeah. That's where, that's where I was at was that I had such little energy left. I really wanted to see Pete and Hillary again, my friends. And, uh, I I just, I I was so extremely tired. Like like, I'm with you. I mean, on a serious note that heat, like I, I didn't feel like I had any more energy to be any type of, you know, conversational entertainment for anybody. I mean, I, I I truly felt like a couple of times I was going down during that broadcast and when we were done, I was just wiped out. I mean, I really was. So, but uh, it was still it was pretty good. cool to enjoy. I mean, you know, cool
1: there. Hollywood party, right? You know, yeah. Tiffany, yeah, wasn't it? Yep. I mean, you know, Hey, you know, you know, you got influencers there with millions and millions of followers, which is by the way, since that is a job that kind of freaks me out, right? It's like, Hey, what do you do? Yeah. Well, I'm an influencer. Like, so what do you do? Well, I'm an influencer. Yes, but what do you do? Like literally they show up at parties That's and they say, Hey, this is blah, 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 blah. blah, And then millions of people see it. Yeah. <laughs> Like that's a real job. That's what people do. But like the problem is there's lots of people out in the world that think that that's easy.
0: Oh my God. That would stress me out. I, I don't like doing the social media that I have to do each week. I
1: mean, one kid had like 21 million followers. Like, how do you get 21 million followers?
0: I don't know. Not by doing, uh, not by doing what we're doing. <laughs> Fact. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty cool though. There, there were a couple of people who I met and you laughed at me. There are a couple of people who I met. I didn't know who they were until after that's afterwards. That's what I'm saying. So like, like a Tiffany, something or other what was Tiffany there?
1: Haddish. She's a Yeah, lady.
0: no clue, no clue who that was. Wow. I'm I'm, lit- I'm literally sitting there talking to her. She is the sweetest person, right? And we're just going back and forth. Um, I had no idea who she was. And Michelle comes up and she's like, Tiffany, she's like, I'm Michelle, I'm a huge fan. And uh and I'm like, Okay, obviously this is somebody. So after we we're done, I'm like, I'm like, now who was that again? <laughs> I, yeah, I had she, no idea. She was she awesome. Started, she was a
1: great person. She started as a stand-up comedian and then moved into comedic films.
0: That's what I heard. And, and, and like and nominated for an Oscar or something like yeah, that? Yeah,
1: she started so, yeah. to really kind of kind of transition into more, like, not terrible, like, she's always more comic relief in serious movies, but she can hang with the actors in those movies, right? So her, her right. talent level is pretty extreme. And her hairstyle looks like she was probably doing some sort of 1920s era film. You know, the way she had the yeah. hair down and kind of done is like, ah, oh, she's, She's doing
0: something right now. She's a super cool chick. I mean, that, that's yep. another thing. Speaking about that, well, we can go on and on. We got to get to our guest. He's been waiting patiently. Um, and that's another thing. I mean, the Hollywood people, man, they're just so damn good looking. I mean, all of them, right? Just the way they dress and just their mannerisms. I mean, they just like ooze, like just cool. I mean, I'm yeah, like, wow. But they, know, Remember, but
1: they know it. But they it doesn't know it. It doesn't matter. It, it they matters look it. to me.
0: It, the cool and people in you my life.
1: The coolest people in the world to me are the people that are really cool and they're not obsessed by it.
0: Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, there you go.
1: The <laughs> people that I... are cool and they know it and they kind of put off that vibe like they're fully aware of it. <laughs> right. uh, about... so that's a little much for me
0: one more thing how about you and i wanting to get in the pool and we're like there's no way we're getting in the pool i'm not getting L- in the like pool as, in front of these like, people as soon as i saw david Lim and his girlfriend get out of there or or, or girlfriend yeah. and wife i can't remember any models their their they're
1: husband wife yeah
0: as soon as they got out of the pool i'm like i'm not going in the pool and yeah no. I, let's I'm not like get in with the check
1: model and and the, and the yeah. actor model who's who's you know really big and strong you know let's, yeah. let's not no do
0: one, that no one wants to see a guy with a dad bod from iowa in a pool in Hollywood. That's just, that's much, just not a good Much problem. less the short, hairy, bald guy gets
1: in there. Blah, <laughs> someone bring me drinks.
0: Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> God, i so bad want to get in there. But you and I both, like, you and I thought about it a few times. And then we're like, yeah. nah. Nah.
1: Can't do yeah. it. You know, they got these influencers backstroking through the pool. <laughs> just like what is happening right
0: now while they're sipping on a drink yeah
1: yeah, yeah. So, somehow able to backstroke while yeah. knocking back a glass yeah
0: and then they get out of the get out of the pool and the the, the water the water just, the water just, just falls off falls of them and they're dry and eat, yeah. like a beautiful yeah, waterfall and they shake their hair <laughs> and you and i are in the corner eating barbecue with barbecue <laughs> sauce all over our faces <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh my god thank god it's we a, had each a, other it's a
1: pretty easy way to feel like a troll
0: yeah thank god we had each other all right i gotta get to our guest today and and Mm -hmm. so happy to finally uh get this guy on so our guest today and and the best way that i can and and i may be wrong in this we'll talk to him when he comes on but maybe you can relate to this too bernie is that that there's different types of announcers out there right like Mm -hmm. like uh for example um i'll just use me as an example with iowa i grew up in iowa so i'm a huge iowa hawkeye fan right so gary dolphin Is the voice of the Iowa Hawkeyes. We hear him on the radio. Matter of fact, when Iowa is on TV, I'll even try to listen to Gary Dolphin's radio broadcast back home because Gary's just been doing I mean, Gary is Iowa Hawkeye football and basketball to me. When I hear his voice, that's what I think of. Now there are there are ESPN announcers and CBS announcers that will travel into these college basketball games, obviously, and do those games. And we listen to them and, and and the TV is fine. And I love doing TV. But there's something about being a radio announcer. And so our guest today has has really, I feel like his voice has become kind of the anthem of 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 all the ACL events that you don't see on TV. I mean, all 16 open events, um, e- even all the live streams on the side at the Nationals and, and some of the pro shootouts, all the live live stream events really have an intimate audience. It's almost like a radio audience. And so our guest today is the guy literally who has traveled just about every corner of the United States, I think this year, broadcasting those uh, those events, his voice has become recognized by all the players and their family, and uh, and we thought, what a great way to wrap up the season and talk about some of the highs and lows. But uh, with this guy, so we welcome to Borderline for the first time. This guy is Wally Kessler. Hey, Wally. Morning, Bernie. Oh, Morning, Jeff. How are you guys
1: doing? Appreciate having Got the having logo me. in Good. the back. Look at it. K nine. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I love it. So, so Wally, before we get to you, um, Bernie, what do you think, Bernie? I mean, does that, don't you think Wally has kind of become like the his voice is kind of like the anthem that kind of like a radio look, I, guy.
1: Have you done a lot of stuff with Wally? Like Wally signs on, or just pretends to sign on, and hundreds of people are watching online.
2: It's insane.
1: I, I mean, within within three seconds, and then it builds and builds and builds. Like it's crazy. Like they literally, like there's people literally waiting for him to get on a computer. Yeah, you're an influencer, Wally. Hey, that, that's actually what you want. On, on
2: my way to 21 million followers, uh, currently send <laughs> the 10, so I'll take. It.
0: <laughs> but Wally, I mean I mean, do you do you feel that, Wally? I mean, you and I talked about this a little bit, I think it's Spencer McKenzie's. But you know, it's it's different. Like as much as I love doing TV, I really miss kind of that intimate um relationship you have with your audience as a radio guy. And while your stuff is not on radio, it is video. I feel like you have, you've kind of endeared yourself to your audience. I mean, do you, do you feel that connection? Have you, have you felt that all year?
2: I do. Um, I wouldn't be where I'm at if it wasn't for the audience. Uh, I I mentioned Trey a couple of times. It'd be fun to be on ESPN and do the things that you guys do, but I come at it from more of a streamer angle and it's, it's more one-on-one with, you know, chat interactions and with the audience and I almost feel like I'm just a part of the audience watching and I just happen to have a microphone in front of me. You know, I'm, I'm no different than they are at that point. The only difference is I actually have my microphone plugged in where they just have to type on the keyboard in the chat. But, you know, it's, it's a lot different um, than the ESPN production broadcast because I have the freedom to say whatever I want to say and do whatever I want to do. And the ACL has been very good as far as, you know, just kind of going along with whatever I want to do.
0: By the way, before we before we go even another minute in this podcast, you've got to explain the canine unit and the banner behind you, because I'm sure there are people right now going, What the hell? Damn it, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. So last
2: name is Castler. Uh baseball number was nine, turned into canine. Um funny story is I was we always parked, we had the pit, you know, at high school. We'd always park in a certain spot. And uh, I parked next to this girl in a white Volkswagen. Well, one day I was leaving school, just really tired, you know. Had baseball practice. Found her on the highway by mistake. Ran into her, and the part of my license plate was just embedded in her light, in her white bumper. It said K nine. So she ended wow. up going, going back to school the next day. I rear ended her. She parked right next to me. <laughs> it said K nine. People are looking like, "Did you do that?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, my bad. <laughs> but uh, that's hilarious.
1: Wait a yeah. minute. What, what positions you play in baseball?
2: I was a utility player, pr- played pretty much everything except for catcher, uh, mainly outfielder. I was really, really fast, um, and I love turning double plays, so I like to play shortstop or second base, and then um, every now and then went to the outfield. Oh, right my on.
0: gosh. Do, you, do you, All right, Bernie, do you have a favorite utility player? All right, Wally, have you ever heard of Super Joe McEwing? Yes sir. Played for the Mets for a long time. That's my all-time favorite. Like he play, uh, I swear he played every position in the diamond also. And, and he did he did it, okay, it at the major league no, no. level. I mean, he yeah. made he made a career out of it and made and made, and made a lot of money. you
1: yeah. mean besides Pete Rose? I don't see I, he played five different positions.
0: Yeah, he didn't pitch though, did he?
1: Well, I mean, he's a utility player.
0: Yeah. I remember him I remember him <laughs> more, Yeah, I remember him more as as a everyday infielder. Slash I mean,
2: Ozzy Smith and Jose Okendo were uh, pretty much my role models growing up. Jose Okendo played every single position. There's actually a uh, montage that they put Jose Okendo on the mound pitching. He and then he threw to the home plate, and Jose Okendo caught the ball. And then there was a ground ball to second. Jose Okendo fielded it, flipped it short. Jose Okendo turns the double play. It was so funny. It was all Jose Okendo. It was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, same old Cardinals fan yeah. for life. Yeah. Well, hey, Wally, we we appreciate you coming on, and Thank you. um. And I I also hope too, just just honestly that we can get into and I'm not sure if we're going to have time to do it on just this episode. Cause time goes so fast on this thing. But but also, you know, we talk so much behind the scenes about perseverance and about, um, you know, players who have struggled at times in their lives and how they've come out of it. While, while you are a great story of inspiration and I know that you were unemployed. And I know, that, you know, that you and I have, have had real honest conversations about some dark places that you've been in. So dude, I am super proud for you to have found your, your niche and for you found, found your passion. And it sounds like you're going to be working full time for the ACL doing this again next year. So I'm super proud, super proud of you, buddy. You, you got to be happy for what you're, what direction you're going as well.
2: Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I've been through a lot, uh, unemployed, homeless. A lot of people don't know that homeless, uh, accidentally hung around the wrong people, been in some gang fights, got shot at a few times, you know, had to live on the streets and unfortunately do some things I didn't want to do, but basically overcame all of it, went to school, you know, I I bought a car on a credit card, just had no other choice, no other option, lived in that car for a few days and then uh, ended up getting my master's degree in accounting, worked warehouse jobs, sales jobs, sold vacuums, sold knives, did pretty much whatever I needed to do. Finally got to the point where I got married, had a kid, and was like, "All right, time to settle down a little bit. We can't keep doing this uh, gangster lifestyle, you know." So, <laughs> yeah, so started wearing the button-up shirts and the ties, and taking life a little bit more seriously. Got the accounting gig, and uh, once my dad passed away, uh, you know, COVID basically did everybody in. It did. It was rough on me because I didn't really get COVID, but the aftermath of COVID. You know, when my dad passed away, not being able to have a funeral and just working from home and having the freedom to just stay in bed because I didn't feel like working that day instead of, you know, and neglecting all my responsibilities. And then uh, they let me go. And fortunately, two days later, the ACL world championships were there and they asked me to come out and film it. And I said, all right, man, I'm all in. I'm going to see what I could do in this thing and just gung ho it and survived somehow on twenty two thousand dollars last year and finally paid off. So, yeah, we start uh, the ACL gig today. I got uh, hired on full-time, and I'll be doing orientation here in about two hours. And yeah. You guys yeah, got no you choice. Will. You get to see a lot more of me. Let's go. Yeah. All right.
1: so, so the folks at home may not know that we have an open series in the ACL. So you have – how many opens was it last year, Wally? Do you remember? Like 16, 16? 16. Yeah. So 16 different opens. In it. And in those opens, there are professionals that are playing, but it's also more open to the general player. And so it has a different kind of feel and vibe. And Wally, you were at all of them, were you not?
2: Uh, I was at, I think,
1: 14 or 15 of them, yeah.
2: I missed and the then, last you, two.
1: And so, and so the open, Wally's kind of a, you know, if you go online and you watch the opens, you're watching K9. It's just, that's just what you're watching.
0: If you're watching because, the live stream, yeah. Yeah, yeah if you're we, watching the live uh, stream, we, you're we watching We co-streamed
2: K9. on uh, ACL and K9 Unit on Facebook as well.
1: Yeah. So I actually got to watch Kate. I actually got to watch Wally. By the way, Jeff, did you know it's Kessler, not Kessler?
0: I, I I just found that out. Um, <laughs> I think it was just yeah, I think it was just last night. Yeah, when, when you and I were talking about it, I'm, he, I'm he, like, he told he, he just, told me that while we were on streaming. <laughs> uh, that's, that's a good conversation that, to have so that lets you know how, how loose our
2: lets you know how lose our broadcast yeah
0: the live streams are definitely fun yeah. see but but again going back to what we we're talking about you know with with the radio type of call uh you do get that freedom you know it's almost like calling a baseball game sometimes you're just telling stories and especially when you're doing live stream because people can see it anyway so then you just get into fun conversations and, and back
2: and yeah. forth so yeah, sometimes good. i get sidetracked I, I, I actually kind of feel like there's a few episodes where i Take the borderline approach and don't really talk about cornhole at all during a cornhole match. It's yeah. It's, Especially it's, when I'm on. <laughs> yeah, we get sidetracked quite a bit.
0: Yeah, that's pretty kind of that's funny. Bernie's Somebody goal. came up to
2: me. I can't remember who it was. They came up to me, I think a week or two ago and they saw me like, you know, I think I think it was Kobe Costanza's mom, and they're like, Wally, you and Bernie are hilarious. You guys are great together, <laughs> love you guys together. And she's like, She's like, a lot of the other times the announcers don't really talk about cornhole this and this. I was like, Me what? and Bernie?
1: Me and Bird, about what were we talking you know. about? Yeah, we just shot the
2: shit and had no idea what we were talking about. We're like, oh, look, all right, 21-6, be right back, commercial break. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, un- unfortunately, so we'll bring you back because during the fall, we probably won't be talking much, much cornhole at all. But yeah. for the sake of this podcast, again, before we, we dive too much, because the three of us, seriously, we can go down some roads that have nothing to do with cornhole um and and that's gonna yeah. be a lot of fun but the purpose of this broadcast and, and why we wanted to bring you on is because we kind of wanted to recap the year wally and and i mean shit we hear from trey and anthony all the time right i mean yeah. we're, we're just sick of those dudes so yeah. so we're like, who else who <laughs> else can we talk to actually truth is they're probably sick of us so we're like yeah. so uh, who, who can bring can we bring on but all right so let's take a let's take kind of a look back on the season and like bernie just said you you've had a chance to see more than probably any of us as far as the the play on the court goes from all the players and all their ups and downs um and not to put you on the spot with just some stupid bullshit question but i mean do you do you have any like large takeaways from from what you saw i mean have you had a chance to look back on the 21 22 season um and and again just some large takeaways of the sport the way the way that it grew or some particular performances that you've seen.
2: Yeah, actually, I do. Um, going back to the very first one that I broadcasted in Chicago, uh, or I guess Bedford Falls, Bedford Park, whatever. Yeah, yeah Falls, Bedford that, Park. Yeah, Bedford Park. Falls isn't that yeah. uh, the name of the name of life? Yeah, it's yeah. been a wonderful life. Is my segue. Yeah, so uh, going back to the first open in Chicago, just seeing Noel Manza with you know some strong pushes. First time I ever saw this kid play, seeing some strong pushes and then seeing Matt Guy's airmails. It's, it's almost like the game has completely evolved in the last year to this year, and it's changing every single year so rapidly. There's more and more players that are coming out of nowhere. Um, I couldn't tell you who Philip Lopez Jr. was last year. Mark mm-hmm. Richards never even heard of him. Uh, my, my guy, Jeremy Frazier, was the only person to beat Matt Guy in Chicago, and then just seeing the run that he's been on this year basically coming, what I guess, one point away from winning that very first shootout against Brett yeah. Guy and Eric Davis, and then it comes full circle where Brett Guy and Eric Davis win the whole thing, and I'm just like... Yep. You know, my guy could have been there. Who knows what could have happened? You see the different highs and lows. You know, at one point of the season, Jamie Graham can't be beat. He's the best player in the world. You know, Matt Guy is just relentless with the mill. He's not going to be stopped. And then you, know, you transition into Mark Richards and the dominance of Cheyenne Renner in the women's division. Just what, what was the post that Trey made the other day? 50 or. Nine people or seven people made nine, over 50, 000, nine people over $50,000 this year. Yeah, Just goes to show you how the game is changing. And, you know, it's it's becoming a full time job now. You, people have to put in five, six, seven hours a day on the boards to even contend. Nines. Aren't Cheyenne made,
0: uh, yeah, Cheyenne, I think uh, I think on Trey's tweet, I think uh, uh, had Cheyenne at 78 or $79,000 she made this year. So, Not yeah, bad. it's incredible. Not yeah. bad
1: for throwing bags.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, know. For some like, of yeah, these, like, uh, off-season contracts are getting
1: thrown around. Holy. Yeah, when you hear what the bag manufacturers are throwing, I mean, that's just what they made playing. So that's a good point, Wally. That That's not even bringing in what the bag manufacturers are giving.
0: Right, that mm-hmm. does not include sponsorship money. That's just winnings, right? right? That's just winnings, Yep. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, so good year for Cheyenne Reddick. And she's getting married. Way to go. It's
0: <laughs> a good year, yeah. You know, go, going back to what you said about Matt Guy, I remember, Wally, like at the beginning of the year, so the first national of the year, Matt Guy wins pro singles. And Dominantly. and we thought, man, here we go. And you're right. I mean, leading up to that, he seemed like he was unstoppable. And I really thought, like, oh my gosh, he could win two or three nationals. And and uh and he didn't. He didn't win again. And it's shocking to me. Does I mean, does that surprise you at all?
2: It did be um
0: I mean he won a double like, singles.
2: Well, he won the national in was it Vegas, I think with yeah. the, the Cincinnati Bengals.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that's the one. Yeah. Get,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah that's that pretty much. That's pretty much the last we heard of Matt guy for the rest of the season. Really,
0: it felt
1: like it, right? I mean, like yeah. he because you're right. He was dominant oh. in that tournament singles, and then but then like all right, so you're the open guy. You're out there. I mean, wasn't he in like three straight open finals? Yes, I think
2: it was more than that. I mean, was it?
1: Yeah,
2: probably because I mean he lost to Mark Richards, he lost to Alan Rawls, he lost to Baby Goat. He lost to Cheyenne Renner. I mean, yeah, he, I think he was in four or five straight finals.
0: Yeah, leading up to that first uh, national. Yeah, because I remember watching some of your early ones at the Opens, Wally, and 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 Matt was always right there. So, yeah. but I I guess it just shows. I just guess it shows the, um, you know, obviously all the new talent that's coming up and how you know the depth of the talent. And I I think I think another thing that's that's it got, on kind of a sad note is that it seems like it's slowly starting to push some people out of the game as well. You know, like Bernie, we just got that email from, from Steve, from Steve uh, Wendley, Wendley. Yeah. who who is uh, from, from Texas, and a really, really strong player, right? But he realizes that, um, you know, the talent uh, is just at a level that he's just not going to be able to compete with. And I think it's really interesting, Wally, to watch this dynamic of all these young players, how good they are, and even some of them that are not so young, just like a guy like Mark Richards, who's just really good, kind of forcing some people out of the game because the sport has grown to such an incredibly yeah. high level of talent.
1: The Eric Riders, I mean, there's, there's, there's quite a few that just Bill realize, Payton. yeah, c- could we hang on? Maybe, but do we want to hang on in the 200s? Like you have 256 pros, like, yes, it's, you know maybe we could make it, maybe we could qualify, but do we really want to go through this grind to be the 230th ranked player in the world? Right. Right. And then because there's the kids are coming and the kids are only getting better because they've got, I mean, I, I think it's an advantage, but I don't know how long the advantage is going to last. Once everyone can start making money back to this point about how many players, you know, made it over 50,000. And then when you see the money, like Wally's saying being passed around, once it becomes everyone's full-time job, I think the youth movement will slow down because right now they have the time advantage. Mm-hmm. They don't yeah, think- have to be at work for eight hours a day.
2: Yeah. I think you're basically, boils down to three different groups for me like one is the elites you know you got your you got your names who so you go to a tournament you, they're always there you see them in your bracket you're like shit all right well <laughs> let's just see how far i can get in this bracket right so then you got your your uh, other group which is players who just want to be pro you know i'm i'm happy enough to call myself an acl pro i'm not in it for the huge paychecks i just kind of like i had this goal i accomplished this goal i'm here and those are the people that i kind of want to dive into a little bit more because it's like how much are they making or how much are they losing you right know, playing this game because mm-hmm. it some some pros are just pros with no sponsorships they pay for their own travel they pay for their own food and they pay for their own entry fees they're just happy to be pro and put logos on their jerseys and then the other group <laughs> is players who are like really 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 good but don't stand a chance at winning because the elites are just so dominant right. so do those really, really, really good players want to take that next step of basically having a second full time job, you know, going to work eight hours a day because that's where your income comes from, and then putting another four or five hours on the board every night? I mean, for me, I knew that by doing the commentating gig, I could not be as good as I wanted to be staying home. You know, if I, if I lived in Illinois still, I wouldn't be able to travel as much as I wanted to. I wouldn't be able to invest as much time as I wanted to in this. So I had to move away from my kiddo, from my dog, from my mom, and start fresh here in Kansas City. And uh, it, it's worked for me, but I mean the sacrifice just to be able to talk about cornhole, not yeah, to be able to right. be an elite thrower at cornhole. So
0: yeah, that's- oh no, it yeah it is. It's a huge sacrifice of of your time. What do the what do the players say, Wally? Like what like behind the scenes as far as the future of the game, like. And again, not to put you on the spot, like, like, are there major changes that they want to see? You know, what, what, what is kind of the undertone of how they feel the season went? Are there things they like, things they don't like? Do they like that an Alex Hicks can come up and beat anybody? You know, did, did they like to see all these, these younger players? Is it good for the sport? You know, is it, is it, is it, you know, tougher for the older, but like, what, what are some of the thoughts and things that they love and things that they want to, want to change?
2: Yeah, I think for the most part, I mean, the youth movement is one thing I heard a lot about. I mean, you got a lot of young players that didn't even make it. I mean, Ryan Wiedenfeld has been known to be one of my sponsored players out there. He's just a very quiet kid, great kid. You know, just goes about his business throwing bags. Um, Alex Hicks, Ian Cripps. I mean, there's a lot of young kids. I mean, Bella had to fight for her pro status this year. But then you have probably another 12 or 20 people behind her who are, are at the same exact level, but they just can't break that pro barrier yet. I mean, Austin Cameron's one that comes to mind. He It's
1: it's tougher strong, on the kids. Strong though.
2: talent, yeah.
1: It's and, tougher on the U18s because we can only take eight.
2: Exactly. So, I mean, the youth movement is not even really here yet Yeah. because we can only take eight. I uh, agree. The other aspect of it is there's a lot of people that just, you know, behind the scenes are talking. To them. They just want to see where the sport can go. If we can get that 256 pro to make $20,000 a year just off of contracts or something like that. Right. That's, that's huge for the sport. And then eventually, hopefully it trickles into the commentators and, you know, we start Yeah. Start hey, getting
1: just, know, just to, to let you know, we're <laughs> we're gonna be the last ones. <laughs> or the bottom of, of the line. totem pole. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> Welcome to broadcasting. Oh, man. It's a lot of fun. You don't make shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that,
2: yeah. That's a new t-shirt design coming up soon. <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, it's been a fun ride, man. I mean, getting to know all these players too. I mean, there's times where I, I can't cheer for anybody. You know, I I love easy and Tanner known them for a while. And then, you know, I'm just like, Oh, this is a great story. And I'm like, Oh, well, now I'm stuck between, you know, my sponsored player, this young kid that I've been watching, he's throwing great today. And then I got my pro friends, you know, so it's almost hard to say that, you know, you, you can't get attached to these players anymore. You just have to kind of sit back and watch it.
1: Yeah. It, like I I feel that, especially with, You know, when we first started a few years ago, you know, some of the players kind of like you said, they just kind of wanted to be pros Mm kind of thing. And they're kind of the ones being pushed out now. And it's like, wow, I mean, that, that person lives in Texas. Unless I'm in Texas at at a tournament, I'm never seeing that guy again. Right. Right. And this is a person that was kind of a staple in my life for the last few years. And to see, you know, to know that there's quite a few of these people that like, man, I kind of looked forward to seeing those people a few months out of the year. And now see ya right yeah. like probably never seeing those people again
2: yeah i'm kind of going with what you're saying earlier too about the uh celebrity recognition there's a lot of players and a lot of fans that i don't recognize either you know some people come up to me all the time you know hey can i take a picture with you i'm like okay yeah. sure and like i almost need like facial recognition software that has a little message pop up in my area like this: "This is Tom. You met Tom in
1: Texas. <laughs> he's, he's always sending you messages. You talk yeah. to him like he's your best friend."
2: Yeah, like what's up, Wally? How you doing, man? <laughs> hey, buddy. <Good. laughs> but no, I love, hey, I love buddy. Everybody. Hey,
0: guy. What's up? Yeah. Buddy?
2: I, I I fully transitioned to calling everybody bud, pal. What's up, dude? You know, yeah. no more names for me. I try it. <laughs>
0: All right. So, what was your what was your um, do you have like a favorite memory of the year, or a favorite moment, or I mean, or a favorite performance?
2: The the one that's always going to stick out, probably till I die, is going to be Baby Goat against Matt Guy in Virginia Beach. Uh, Forty seven rounds, twelve pack after twelve pack, just great storylines. I mean, it had it really had everything. It had some comedy moments in there when he. You know, ran his little legs down the court to grab that bag from falling from that guy and <laughs> clutch shot after clutch shot. Just different styles of gameplay that were executed to perfection for 47 rounds in a row. By
0: um, the way, for those, uh, sorry to interrupt, for those of you again who don't know who Baby Goat is, you got to explain Baby Goat. Alex okay. Maybe so he, he's 12. Is he, is he 13 yet? I think mean, he I, just turned 13. I
2: think he just okay. turned 13. And he finally crossed, what, four feet tall? I mean, kids, it's <laughs> phenomenal. He's...
0: incredible player incredible. top 10 player in the world yeah. yeah
2: top 10 player in the world and just natural effortless throw and can execute all the shots push shots roll shots airmails whenever he wants to and then Matt guy you know just numerous championships under his belt the two the the way that that bracket was setting itself up and cuz i i'm not sure if we did it before i think we might have done it in cincinnati but we we went into eight different s- brackets and then it came down to single elimination brackets, and I was looking at it the entire day, and I'm trying to figure out, okay, if if this happens, this happens, then you know, hey, we can get Alex Hicks against Matt Guy, like it could happen. And then it just <laughs> slowly started happening, and then you're like, man, Cheyenne Renner is just going to town over there, and then Jimmy Graham just can't be stopped, so it's not going to happen. And then it just it worked itself out to get to that point where I got the championship match I wanted. And little did I know, it'd be one of the best matches ever broadcasted. So, I mean, that,
1: that's phenomenal. And folks at home that don't know, 47 rounds is yeah. a lot. That is an usually, absolute grind.
2: You usually go about 18 rounds. Matches 18 rounds about that point, and then this one was 47. And it wasn't just, uh here we go, 47 rounds. It, it was exciting. Like, every yeah. round was pretty much exciting. There's probably... 10 rounds that were boring just because they put every bag in the hole.
0: Right. There's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) (laughs) But there was also. Actually, I think there was a stretch. Wasn't there a stretch, Wally, where Matt hit like 53 in a row? Yeah. But then Alex hit like 55 in a row or something like that? I
2: I think it was Matt guy hit 53 in a row, got a lead, and then Baby Goat had like sprinkled a couple tens in there. And in that point, I think Matt guy only scored four points and I think it oh was like gosh. 16 rounds or something. It's phenomenal.
0: And yeah. then,
2: uh, you know, the, the way that it ended basically just Matt, you saw Matt guy a couple times, just take his headphones out. He just knew he was beaten and mm. both players literally left it all out there on that court that day. And that was awesome to see. And a lot of people don't know it, but I was like, in so much pain that day. My stomach was killing me. I almost got to the point where I wanted to go to the hospital and not broadcast. But Trey yeah. Ryder lost his voice that weekend, so he couldn't stay. And uh I was like, there's nobody else. I got I gotta do it for the fans. <laughs>
1: <You know?
2: laughs> and thank God I did. But yeah, yeah, I was I was in so much pain that day. It was unreal. People didn't even notice it.
1: But tough guys. Got, uh, we got announcers are tough guys,
0: they are tough right. guys. Yeah, we, we found out this week that uh, yep. announcers are tough guys. We found out last week that bald white men are dangerous. So, That's right, it's how we do get it to learn all kinds of things on borderline. All right, we only have a couple minutes left. Where, where was your favorite place to travel to this year? Favorite place and least favorite place?
2: Um, favorite place, I'd probably say Salt Lake City was just absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, I really enjoyed agreed. that one. First time being there. Um, absolutely gorgeous. Winter Haven in Florida, that was more of a environment and kind of almost like a frat party into the ACL thing. It was early in the season, so that was yeah. a lot of fun there as well. Um, least favorite place, unfortunately, I'd probably say Sacramento. Um, Sacramento was my low point because we lost internet for days. Like we like <laughs> we get to the we get to championship Sunday, and I think I had three matches that I was able to broadcast because no internet. I I used all my cell phone data. Because I had to uh connect the hot spot on there and wow. then yeah, just a, there's just a plethora of homeless people out there in S- Sacramento. town yeah, I never felt safe out there <laughs> <laughs> and then the wow. hotel was under construction so I didn't have a gym or a
1: pool it just it, <laughs> so, it the story. so good time in Sacramento is what you're telling me. hey, I'll give I mean
2: California ended pretty strong with Spencer McKenzie though, so Ventura yeah. definitely different.
0: Definitely. Yeah, no, no doubt. Yeah. The last 11 days is a huge, huge mm-hmm. highlight. So what are you looking forward to next year now? I mean, obviously you got the new contract, so you'll be back. Um, and, and so again, so happy for you. You, you've got to be excited for the direction that your life is going and now for your career and what are you looking forward to most next year?
2: Uh, I'm looking forward to just being organized this, this last year taught me a lot about how I need to handle myself, the routine. I mean, I'm, I'm still not giving up on, getting in shape and eating healthy at cornhole tournaments. I will find a way to do it. And I will let everyone out there know, cause there's <laughs> gotta be a way, but I'm just looking forward to having a routine, having a steady paycheck. Where I don't have to worry about things so much, which, you know, could help me get healthier foods on the road and little travel packs, stuff like that. Um, staying organized, actually knowing when my flight is, <laughs> there's been plenty of days where I'm like, "Oh, do I fly out tomorrow or Thursday? And I'm looking, I'm like, oh, oh. Shit. 5 AM tomorrow. I gotta be at the airport in seven hours. So, I hate yeah. to tell you,
0: brother, that's probably not going to change. We all yeah, go through that with the travel.
2: To, it's got to, because I'm going <laughs> to be on the road. I think Trey and I went over the schedule, and I think I'm going to be on the road 27 weeks out of the year or something like that. So, yeah.
1: Yikes. Over half the year.
2: Yeah, pretty yeah. much. I mean, but this is what I signed up for. I'm looking forward to it.
0: All right, real quick 10 seconds. Who's the player to watch next year?
2: Player to watch next year is going to be Ryan Whedonfield. I'll stick with my guy
0: that's your guy <laughs> all right Wally hey congratulations I uh, hate that we're out of time already we'll have you back on again but congratulations sure. on the contract look Thank forward you. to hearing you again next year and uh, it was great to meet you this year man appreciate you
2: likewise appreciate you guys Later, see you
0: all right Wally Kessler not Kessler all right, we're, already over, we're already over time we gotta go bud hey right, uh man. great trip out to California very exciting I know we're all excited but man we're gonna look back on this sometime and What a great last 11 days that was out west.
1: Hey, man, I'm coming to Charleston at some point, so get your clubs ready.
0: Hey, we're ready. We're moving into the new house here in uh, about a week or so, so we'll be ready by the time you get here. Right on. All right, dude. I'll talk to you next week. All right, Jeff. All right. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Bye.